your host for Lacrosse Talk PM, Rick Sola. All right, welcome to you a day after Christmas weekend, Monday, Lacrosse Talk PM, 608-785-7914 is the talk and text line. I should turn that on. There we go. Takes a couple of seconds. I don't know what was the deal with the Hannity show, though it wasn't Hannity anyway. So, um, But he, I don't know, we had some issues with the feed. So I know a couple of you had called and wondered, couldn't tell you. Did it, did it, did it line up with uh, that, whoever was on, Lord, I think the guy's last name was, whoever was on, was he saying something controversial and then the feed, you know, mysteriously died? <laughs> did Rick do that? I didn't do it. Uh, but yeah, so sorry about that. I think we, we figured it out right at the end, just in time for him to be like, yeah, and that's all the time we have. <laughs> Go figure. Uh, 608-785-7914. How was everybody's uh, Christmas? Mine was pretty good. It's always a little uh, uplifting and then sad because you're like, woohoo, this is fun, Christmas, and then it's over. And you're like, oh, I got to back to life. Because it's always, for me, it's a little bit, it's always nostalgic a little bit, you know, opening presents and remembering uh, all the cool toys you got as a kid. And then you open your presents and none of them are Legos or G.I. Joes. And I don't know why I don't still get that stuff. It would be just as happy with that as, uh, you know, the socks and underwear that everyone gets you. Uh, number three's calling in. Number three, how was your Christmas? My Christmas was good, but I'm kind of mad at you for Thursday's show. Oh, yeah? Why is that? Well, I tried calling you for about 20 minutes to wish you and Mutt a Merry Christmas, and you never answered your damn phone. Yeah, that might have been because uh, me and Chagoski did that a couple hours before that. Oh, that's <laughs> why you you raised your left hand and took off. It was pre-recorded. Yeah, just to call. Yeah, not not all that not all that earlier in the day, but yeah, we had to do we had to do that a little. You know why? Because uh, the the weather that day was awful. Oh my God, that's a good excuse. I should maybe anyway, give you. A, I should give you anyway, my cell phone number. I got so. you on the <laughs> yeah. horn. Okay. I got a job for you to do this week. The city of Lacrosse is having phase two on the fish lab. They're sending out bits. So I want you to find out what we're going to do to it. Oh yeah. Okay. So get the parks department on on the phone. Yeah, I mean they're they're you know I thought that fish lab was a done deal but they got bids out on it they want some more uh, stuff done to it so you find out well for me what they're going to do i mean there was no mystery that they were doing a phase two but the mystery might be what exactly they're doing i, mean, I yeah, don't know if because, it's a... you know i drove by it the other day they got the windows all concreted up like a jail yeah okay. and hammer done that and they fixed up the inside i was just wondering maybe they're going to work on the garage yeah it could be I mean, yeah i don't know i guess uh you know if you went to the uh a city agenda website and and dove into that uh there's probably one of five million pdfs i mean you'll have to find it it's like finding the needle in the haystack the one i know uh, i went through there and tried to find it and i couldn't find it yeah maybe i'll take out a contractor's license and uh, pay so much to bid on it then yeah. i can find out what they're going to do to it yeah otherwise maybe just I, I can do this i won't be able to do it now but google phase two fish labs riverside park City of Lacrosse and and see what pops up. I, okay, you're a smart man. I'll I'll have to do that. I'll have to, maybe if I think of it, I'll do it on the break, and then I I'll have some time here because I've got another interview uh, with a Gunderson doctor that I'm going to play here in a bit. So. Oh, okay. All right. Well, thanks 
Thanks for taking my call. Well, yeah, I mean, I, these are great. I love, I love when we bring up some issues with the city because this, this, these are the issues that most affect uh, everybody listening. Is, is you know, hey, this is what the city's planning to do. And uh, oh, I, I got another one too for you to think about. <laughs> yeah, you know, they're going to do Lacrosse Street. Yeah, and South Avenue. That's yep. That's the state, I believe, though, right? Yeah, that's a state deal, but sewer pipes going to is hard to hard to get a hold of right now. Okay. For you know, put waterworks yeah. and that all in sure. there, so they better get their order in on their pipes. What they need, or come when they get all the holes dug, they won't have no pipe to put in the hole. Yeah, and then we'll all have to drive four wheelers through there instead of our yeah, cars. Yeah, we'll take another street. Yeah, definitely. Uh, South yeah. Avenue bothers me because I do travel that. Yeah. Thanks, Rick. All right, you thank thank you, Merry Merry Happy Christmas. New Year. Happy if New I Year. Don't I guess. Talk to you. All right. All Keep right. your powder dry. All right. Yeah, I guess we're done saying ha- Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Happy New Year until when's how late until uh, you know when you when you see somebody after the New Year's can you say Happy New Year is it January like 7th is it you know a week after New Year's or a month or just when you finally see them because if you're saying Happy New Year in February to someone you haven't seen all year it might be a little late um, all right, so like I said to to number three there I'm going to play this conversation I had with uh, Gunderson, he's the vice president there at Gunderson of the Cross and, uh, uh, executive vice president, not vice executive, whatever that means. Um, and he's an in internal medicine. He's Dr. Michael Dolan. Uh, you might've hear, heard some of this interview. If you listened to the news late last week, we talked late last week. Um, but it was a good conversation. Uh, what's interesting. I think I cut the part of the interview out. So uh, what's interesting is I saw some fentanyl numbers. I think, uh, fentanyl deaths between 18 and 45 year olds, was the highest cause of death in the United States in 2020. And we, him and I talked about it a little bit. And I was just like, I don't know if this number is true. I haven't, you know, I just saw it right before I talked to you. And we talked about it a little bit and the idea that fentanyl is pretty dangerous and stuff. But then I went and Googled, Googled the, uh, the, the information and, and, and it was like a half truth. So there's always something to it, but, uh, uh, that part won't be in there. It's mostly about COVID, uh, Omicron. There's some, some crazy stats there. Uh, but I thought, it, and, and then towards the end, we talk, we talk about uh, some some of the long hauler um, COVID, long haul COVID. But we'll get to that in in a little bit here. Uh, before we do that, so Brad's going to do the news, and then when Brad does the second bit of news, then he's going to head over to Pettibone. And I haven't noticed this because I'm in here and I'm not looking across the river from Riverside Park, but maybe you guys notice it. Uh, they're shooting fireworks off at 6 p.m. at Pettibone. Uh, most of the most most days of the week this month, I guess I didn't even notice. Uh, so Brad's gonna try to head over there, and I think they take uh, if you want to shoot your own fireworks. I think they you you give the uh, the the what are they called now? Skyrockers, the Skyrockers. You give them a donation of twenty five dollars or something, and then they let you pull the push the plunger, pull the plunger, push the plunger. Uh, to shoot off the fireworks, uh, and they're doing that at Pettibone. So uh, Brad will have more information on that later tonight after he goes and checks it out at Pettibone. But let's let's get to him in the news. We'll come back, talk a little bit, and then uh, Gunderson, Executive VP, Mike, Dr. Michael Dolan. All right, welcome back to the Crosstalk PM. That was not what I expected that to be. I just wanted, like, the piano. If Charlie Brown, because I, I, Christmas is over, but we could still play like a little bit, just kind of melody, melody Christmas. Uh, as we get into New Year's, still the holiday, right? Uh, 608-785-7914 
is the talk and text line. I'm going to play this interview I had with uh, Dr. Michael Dolan, executive vice president there at, at Gunderson Health System in La Crosse. He's also uh, in in internal medicine. It's kind of a mouthful. Uh, and we had a conversation mostly about COVID and I believe we got a caller. I think uh, Al Michaels Al Michaels calling in. He wanted to talk real quick about something he heard about COVID. Go ahead. Well, here's another reason to get a shot or at least wear a mask. Uh, on TV and CBS yesterday, an emergency room doctor said that people are sick coming to the emergency room in Michigan and testing positive for the vac- for the virus. And they're seeing the next seen the next day in grocery stores, not even wearing a mask, and they're all over the place. And that's why the medical personnel are quitting. There's no respect for anybody anymore. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for the call. I appreciate it. Uh, I think yeah, we're seeing that quite a bit. Yeah, hope you know, hopefully not. But uh, some people test positive for the virus and and then don't isolate. Uh, other people, I think, uh, are a close contact, and uh, you may be a close contact, and if you don't get tested, right, then you don't have the virus. Uh, that's how that works, right? As long as I don't get tested. Um, yeah, I, I think anyone that's going anywhere in public right now, I would wear a mask. And uh, Dr. Michael Dolan with Gunderson here will, we're not going to talk about, talk about masks, but the, the idea that how how, uh, how covid uh, the, especially with the Omicron. We have some stats there we talk about. But anyway, here's here's that interview with Dr. Michael Dolan from Gunderson. Do you mainly want to talk about COVID or is there other things that we, we can just What do you on? want to talk about? Well, I talked with a Viterbo immunologist about COVID, so I'm all fired up on COVID, especially sure. with the Omicron. But I don't know if that's like your expertise or if there's just maybe, is there other things that are worth you know, just getting out there. I guess running the hospital and then internal medicine and all things internal medicine, which includes infectious disease. I'm happy to talk about COVID. I mean, well, I'm sad to talk about COVID because I thought we would be done by now. Yeah. But we're not. Just getting into those variants, it's almost too early to figure out if Omicron is both A, more transmissible and B, less severe. What I've heard is we've we've kind of protected the older population to a point where the numbers get skewed because, hey, look, Omicron is less severe. Well, yeah, because we have those older folks hidden away in the corner so they can't, so they won't, you know, it's such a weird way to talk about it, but they won't die as often anymore because we've protected them. Therefore, it looks less severe. I don't know. Do you you, you understand what I'm saying? Totally. So I would say for A, I think there's now increasing amounts of evidence to support the fact that Omicron is more transmissible than Delta which was far more transmissible than the alpha strain of, of COVID. So, yes, I, I think that's probably going to pan out to be true. As far as severity of illness in the U.S., we are much more clustered together. We're definitely older, which increases your risk, but fortunately the older population is more vaccinated. In fact, they're above, I think, 80%, 80% vaccinated at this point in time. So, yeah, I think it's too early to tell. We, we will definitely see a surge in cases and positive test results, but how that translates into hospitalizations and deaths, that's really the the unknown at this point. In continuing with the the amount of transmission where we, we always seem to be at a high rate in the county and in the area, uh, most of the counties in the state, maybe everywhere, I guess if I looked at a map of everywhere, that always gets back to how are hospitals doing 
I, th- I think there was one point during the pandemic where hospitals were like, hey, we're at red alert here in the, in, in town. I think there was one point where it was like pretty scary. And then other than that, it's I think you guys have been able to manage pretty well. How is that going right now? So, yeah, right now I would say we we are a little less than what we were a few weeks ago in this Delta surge, we hit our peak about two and a half weeks ago, two to two and a half weeks ago, and we're a little down from that, but it's been rather sustained. And just a month before we hit that peak, we actually were way going way down, and we were feeling pretty optimistic that we had seen the worst of what Delta was going to throw at us. But actually, then a month later, it it just absolutely deteriorated rapidly, and so. We've we've come off that peak from a couple of weeks ago, but we're still still limiting the elective surgeries we can do. We're still limiting the number of patients that we'll accept from outside of our own region. We don't have the beds available. We we are spending so much much of our resources and people resources on taking care of COVID patients and patients who should be discharged but don't have anywhere to go because all of the nursing facilities in the area have been impacted as well, and they are looking for staff, and they, they are, some of them are on diversion because of outbreaks in their facility. So we've really struggled with being able to get patients out of the hospital in a normal uh, manner, and that, of course, means beds are taken up by people who don't, aren't really sick enough to be in the hospital anymore, but they don't have anywhere else that's safe for them to go. And we struggle, you know, like the rest of the country and the rest of Wisconsin, we're struggling with staffing, having enough nurses and clinicians to take care of the patients that we do have in the hospital. We've seen turnover that's far greater than anything we've had historically, and we've been somewhat buffered in our community. We have, you know, several great nursing schools in the area, and so we we are doing our best to retain our current nursing staff and recruit new nursing staff. But so is everybody else. People are exhausted, fatigued, frustrated, traumatized from watching young people get sick and die. It's been quite a journey these last 18 months. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Dolan, Executive Vice President and in Internal Medicine at Gunderson Health System in La Crosse. The Department of Health... Uh, Wisconsin Department of Health. They shared this the other day, and I think think it's something that maybe we should share every day, and maybe even the county should share, or Gunderson on their social media. So vaccinated versus unvaccinated, and I know you know all about this, but the, the Department of Health in the state said vax versus unvax, you're five times higher to be diagnosed. You're 11 times higher to be hospitalized. You're 12 times higher to, be, to have died of COVID. Do you guys pay a lot of attention to those numbers in oh, the county, uh, and, and uh, what are you seeing? Yeah, we have a, a internal dashboard, so we can look at all of those numbers. And I would say that our numbers are really no different than what we're seeing for uh, the rest of the state. 83% of our hospitalized patients are unvaccinated. We used to think of COVID, as, especially from the hospital perspective, as a disease of the elderly population. And I will tell you that is no longer the case. I would say about at least half of our hospitalized patients have been younger than age 65. I think our age range today is from 26 to 81. The elderly people typically are vaccinated. We've, you know, we've had such a good response for the people 65 and older to get vaccinated. We're at 81%, but for the less than 65, it's nowhere near that. 
And so that's why we're seeing a lot more people in the hospital with COVID that are under the age of 65. And that's kind of been mirrored by the the deaths that we've seen too. We're two years in or so on this and people that aren't going to get vaxxed aren't going to get vaxxed is is kind of what I assume because, you know, what what more evidence do you need? But do you think things like when Omicron comes out and, and we've seen sports leagues, right? I don't know if you pay attention to sports, but like, (laughs) <laughs> the NFL is postponing games. So you see these like massive things that entertain us, so to speak, are changing their entire models because maybe because it's Omicron, but maybe it's just this thing's getting out of hand. Well, you, you even said that Omicron is, is, is more contagious. Is it going to take something like this to really push more people to get vaccinated? Uh, Omicron, I, I read a stat today, which I just found astounding about Omicron. So The CDC is estimating that in communities where there is community spread of COVID, which is most of them, by the way, that Omicron cases are going to double every one and a half to three days. That, to me, is an astounding number. It went from basically 12 to 13 percent of cases the week of December 11th. And this week, it'll account for 73 percent of all cases of COVID. Those are astounding numbers. Did you say one to, uh, th- one to three days? One and a half to three days. So the number of co- Omicron cases will double in communities where there's community spread every one and a half to three days until you get a critical mass of people that have been infected and recovered, at which point Omicron will go on the decline. But that's going to be four to six, four to eight weeks from now. We'll continue this conversation with Dr. Michael Dolan, Executive Vice President and in Internal Medicine at Gunderson Health System after this guy. Welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM. On the phone with me, Dr. Michael Dolan, Executive Vice President and in Internal Medicine at Gunderson Health System in Lacrosse. Before the break, he threw the stat out at us that cases with this new Omicron variant, cases are going to double every one and a half to three days. It seems like stuff like that, we almost need like this red alert, like, hey, this bleep is getting <laughs> way more serious than it is getting less serious. Yeah. Well, you and, need and to if get- you think about this, it's like a perfect storm right now. In addition to Omicron starting to take off, you also have influenza. We're starting to see cases of influenza. We test people for multiple diseases when they come in with flu-like symptoms, COVID and influenza being two of them, RSV being a third. And we're, so we're starting to get some positive, positives for influenza. And then you throw Christmas and New Year's on top of that, where traditionally families have big get-togethers, people travel a lot, and all of a sudden you've got this perfect storm, which is just going to absolutely cause exponential spread of the virus and put a tremendous strain. If, if a lot of these patients, if as many patients that have needed hospitalization for Delta get hospitalized with Omicron, the healthcare system in this country is going to be stressed to the point where some communities might have to start talking about rationing care. We just don't have the beds. You know, we today we have 90% of our beds filled with a person in the hospital. And normally we're, we run at about 80% when we're busy. And uh, part of that is just all of the patients that are in the hospital with COVID that requires so much nursing care that you can't open other beds for, you know, elective surgeries. And so you have to cut back on your elective surgeries. And in the end, that uh, that 
stresses borne by the people that are taking care of those patients, the nurses, the CNAs, the clinicians. So you're saying if I call Gunderson and say, hey, I need to get a colonoscopy before the year's out, they're going to laugh at me. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. <laughs> um, just... Yeah, if you're symptomatic or if, you, if it's uh, semi-urgent or emergent, yeah, you'll get that. Yeah. You'll get that care. But elective stuff, you know, I'm... I'm, for my patients, I'm getting colonoscopy scheduled three to four months from now for elective screening colonoscopies. Yep, that's what I need because my uncle just died of colon cancer. My brother has polyps, and I'm 43, and my parents are like, hey, you need uh, to go. <laughs> yep, yeah, they changed the age, so I would say you're overdue for colonoscopy. It's not that bad, having had many of them. So. I, I had one in my 20s because I had some issue, but I also don't know if insurance covered. I don't know. I don't know how that works, so. The, the so, whole insurance okay, thing. so here's the thing about insurance that's really tricky. So if it's a screening colonoscopy, which means you're not having any symptoms, you just meet the criteria to be screened, which you do already, it will be 100% covered by your insurance. If, however, you wait until you start to have symptoms and it's a diagnostic colonoscopy, you will be responsible for a copay that could be four figures or more. So you definitely want to do your screening colon do your colonoscopy while it's a screening exam rather than a diagnostic exam. There are a lot of tests you can do if you're average risk, which you aren't, that you can do in place of a colonoscopy. And none of them reach the sensitivity and specificity of a colonoscopy, but they're acceptable. But if one of those tests is done and it's positive, your screening colonoscopy is now a diagnostic colonoscopy, and you're going to pay more for that. So in other Out words, just, just go get a colonoscopy now. As soon just as go get a screening colonoscopy while you're asymptomatic. And interestingly, I, in my in-basket today, I, a patient that I sent for screening colonoscopy, no symptoms, and he has uh, a colon cancer. Oh, wow. So, yeah, you don't wait. Just get it done. And You got your, uh, you got your scheduling book right there. You just want to mark me in. <laughs> In terms of that, how easy is it to get the vaccine? Because I girlfriend is immune compromised, so if you want to get into insurance snafus, she could talk to you forever about this. My but God, she, yeah. she's telling me, um, hey, go get your booster. Can I walk in or do I got to make an appointment? And do you know, maybe you don't even know, if it's if, is nope. it that easy to get vaccinated at Gunderson Super right now? Super easy. Super easy. You can walk in. You don't need an appointment. You can walk in and they will get you all set up so you can get your vaccine. Oh, all right. All right. So getting back to the vaccine and, and this, like, I'll let you go here pretty quick. This dire situation where I feel like we're at this point where no, this was scaring me the whole time because just the way we made a vaccine political that, you know, the people that aren't vaccinated aren't going to be vaccinated. But we're getting to this scary situation where you talk about Omicron and every day and a half to three days, the cases are going to double and maybe this red alert will. And Chris shared me some stats on the show. He said a recent survey states adults unvaccinated. Among those, 52 percent are still open to getting vaccinated and 30% are now strongly considering it. So maybe there is hope that things are going to change. I just don't understand. Are we so in tune as a society that we don't get free health care when we try to give something for free? It seems nefarious. Hey, what are you trying to do? <laughs> yeah, I, I think there are a variety of, of reasons why. People forget that part of the reason that the pharmaceutical companies were able to get this vaccine produced and available to the public in record time is because the U.S. government threw more money at it 
than at any point in history. And what's interesting is they followed every single step along the way that they do for every other vaccine. It's just that they were able to organize it and do it because they really had almost a blank check from the government to get it done. And really, the entire world owes the U.S. a debt of gratitude for getting the vaccine produced in such record fashion. And the vaccine is performed unbelievably well. Yes, people who are vaccinated get breakthrough cases, but I'll tell you what, a lot of the time they don't die or get hospitalized. In fact, most of the time. Last year, I had far less of my patients get infected with COVID, and I had three of them die in over about a three-month period. This year, I have had 10 times as many patients test positive for COVID, and I have not had a single one of my patients die from COVID this year. And all of them, for the most part, are vaccinated. And I agree with what you said about there are some, I would say of the people that are unvaccinated, there are some people in that group that are simply not going to get vaccinated. They've never had a vaccine. They decline one every time you talk to them about it. And they are pretty consistent in their views of vaccines and the role of vaccination in their health. And then there are people who they're just not sure. They, I mean, they were, they were waiting to see what happened. And I think the statistics alone, and you, you said them all spot on, 11 times more likely to get hospitalized if you're unvaccinated, 12 times more likely to die if you're unvaccinated. Those statistics alone should nudge people to get vaccinated. I've had a couple of my patients who had COVID back in 2020. They've thought about the vaccine, but they felt like they were protected. We've tested them to see if they have any residual antibodies against COVID. And in the last two days, I've had two of them come back negative. They don't have any antibodies left. So I think those, when they see those results, that will nudge them to getting the vaccine. So, yeah, I think we could get half of those people that are unvaccinated vaccinated in the next three months. I think that we could really start to move towards, we, we'll still see covid in fact, we may see COVID for years and years, but we just won't be overwhelmed on the hospital side. We're speaking with Dr. Michael Dolan, Executive Vice President and in Internal Medicine at Gunderson Health System in La Crosse. With people getting vaccinated, too, and a lot of people, oh, you're going to die. The, the severity of death is going to be greatly reduced if you're vaccinated. And I'm always, I'm always like, I don't want to go to the hospital. I don't have, you know, my deductible is five grand, so I don't really want to go to the hospital. No offense or anything, Mike. Uh-huh. Right. First of all, it's I don't want to go to the hospital. And then if I end up in the hospital, what kind of symptoms am I going to have? Because of the long haulers, I don't know. Have you? Do you have any experience with people that just, just still are dealing with COVID after oh, even sure. being hospitalized? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, long haul COVID. And I think this is probably true for many viral infections that are significant. People have long-term consequences. I would say most people recover their sense of taste and smell if they lose it within six months. But there's still some people a year out who don't have normal taste and smell. I have a lot of people who just feel like their stamina, their ability to do the activity they did prior to COVID just hasn't returned back to that baseline level. And then there's this COVID fog. Uh, this, they've actually done studies where they did cognitive testing of patients that had COVID who had had cognitive testing prior to getting COVID, and they can show a pretty steep decline in cognitive function. And there are a lot of those people where those declines are still measurable a year out. You know, we're now 18 months into this. So 
over 18 months so we, we can look and see are people getting their memory function back to their baseline at 18 months. And in a lot of cases, that's not, that's not the case. So I think there are many, many, I have patients that have ongoing joint symptoms, muscle problems. Fortunately, the myocarditis, which is the inflammation of the heart muscle that occurs with COVID, seems to be transient. So it, it lasts for a little while, typically seen mostly in younger men, but most of them recover from it. And usually within a few months, their uh, echocardiogram returns to normal. But I, I know of a couple of cases where their heart function didn't seem to bounce back quite to the degree that everyone else seems to. So yeah, there are definitely long-term symptoms uh, related to COVID infection that people need to be concerned about. I just think there are a lot of things like that that we just have, we have just scratched the surface about our knowledge of this disease. All right. Is there anything else? I <laughs> Maybe not even COVID related? One of the things that we measure here is burnout and vitality and I will tell you, and we do that every year, so we have a really nice ability to go back and see pre-COVID and post-COVID. And I will tell you that our vitality and burnout scores have really deteriorated over the last two years. We were probably the envy of many places in the country for those numbers in 2019. And in 2020 and 2021, you've just watched the vitality of our staff get eaten away by COVID, and then the burnout rate increased significantly since the pandemic started. And, you know, we, we do what we can, but oftentimes when you're working short staff and people are having to work harder and longer hours, and they're witnessing this trauma of young people getting sick and dying from a preventable disease, it's traumatic. And it's, it's definitely had an impact on the emotional state of uh, everyone in healthcare. Yeah, I, I read a, a story about a doctor that just he moved on because he couldn't handle what he called like the Q COVIDs or whatever you want to, the QAnon people where, you know, the husband was dying in the hospital and the, the family refused to go see him because you had to wear a mask to go see him and they refused yeah. to do that. And then, you know, that doctor ended up getting punched in the face by the the wife because she wouldn't, she didn't get to go see her husband who had, you know, died minutes earlier and then that was the last straw. I'm quitting. I'm going yeah. to go work somewhere else. So, yeah, I, I could imagine there's all kinds of different reasons for, for that uh, vitality score d diminishing. Yeah, it's interesting. We, In some ways, this has, has definitely made it a little bit challenging for people to remain civil. We've become very polarized to the point where someone who has a different view has become our enemy. And I can tell you, we see that in healthcare. We experienced that. I saw multiple comments relating to that in our most recent survey, which was completed in October. I really appreciate you talking to me. All right, thanks, yeah, Mike. You bet. And get that screening colonoscopy. Yeah, I'm going to do that. All right, see ya. Okay, bye now. That was Gunderson Health Systems Executive Vice President, and he's in internal medicine, Dr. Michael Dolan. All right, we're going to be back to wrap up. All right, welcome back to Lacrosse Talk PM, transitioning out of Christmas music. 608 785 7914. I don't know why I speed through that. 608 785 7914 is the talk and text line. Uh, that was the conversation I had late, late last week, 
Thursday, I believe I had that conversation with Dr. Michael Dolan at Gunderson Health System and um, also had a conversation with Brad Paff, State Senator Brad Paff. I think it was more of a conversation with congressional candidate Brad Paff as well as uh, talking with Dr. Anthony Tregoski on Thursday. All things that I need to put on the podcast page. So if you're one of those who wants to go back and listen to the podcast, um, those will go up later tonight along with this uh, conversation. 608-785-7914. Somebody sent me this. Uh, this is kind of funny. And no, it's not funny at all, but it's just it's peculiar. That's the word I'm searching for there. Uh, the CDC today, I believe, posted this. Um, and, you know, we're talking about COVID and, and vaccinated people. Still, now get, because of the variants, we're getting COVID-19. We're getting diagnosed with whatever. You, we're catching it. We're catching the COVID. Uh, despite being vaccinated, despite boosters, there's this variant coming out, this Omicron variant, uh, more contagious. And then unvaccinated people also, of course, catching it, but ending up in, in the hospital at ten, 10 times the rate, or more than 10 times. I think it was 11 times the rate. And maybe that'll change. Who knows? I mean, that number could change with with Omicron because we're still just trying to figure out, is Omicron less severe, or is it that, is, that we've protected the older population and therefore younger people are catching it and therefore f- able to fight it off better than an 80-year-old, you know? Um, because Dolan, you, you heard him, he said a lot of the people in the hospital are under 65 as well. A lot of the people 65 and older, that population is no longer the majority in the hospital. I believe that's how we put it. And at Gunderson anyway. So the CDC shares this. And this is a, a little bit beyond COVID-19. And really, it's just kind of a... Um, we're, we're coming up. We're a year out from elections. Maybe this talk starts. I mean, I, I brought it up with Brad Path last week. I... It might have been more of a conversation off the air and then it trickles into the air, vice versa. And he really seemed to listen. He's sitting in here and he's kind of like, and and maybe maybe that's how he is, but he was he was listening. He's like, oh yeah, he seemed, seemed pretty gen, genuine in, in the dilemma. But uh, the CDC hospitals on Twitter, hospital stays can be expensive, but COVID-19 vaccines are free. Help protect yourself from being hospitalized with COVID-19 by getting vaccinated and then go to vaccines.gov, right? Then the the graphic up here is COVID nineteen vaccine equals free hospital stay equals dollar sign dollar sign dollar sign. This is our government <laughs> telling us, hey, if you have to go to the hospital, it's going to cost you tons of money. But if you get vaccinated, it's going to be free. Uh, and someone points out in this, you know, in the in the comments, uh, well, it's Twitter, so it's not really comments. They retweeted or whatever, but. Uh, only in the U.S. could the government-run public health campaign centered on fears of large, unexpected medical bills. Right. So, I mean, it's just, I, I, I feel like a lot of, since our, our senators, state senators, uh, state assembly, congressional people, senators and House members, even, you know, public employees, they're all on, you know, I, I, I don't know about city employees, but, you know, a lot of these people that work for the state, work for the government like that, work for the feds. They're on a health care plan. I'm, my congressman, Hagedorn, has cancer. So he's always promoting Mayo as this great entity that's, you know, helped him not die from cancer. And that's great. Except that he's on the congressional health care plan, and none of us are. So if anything, if somebody wants to run 
on, uh, you know, get elected. I feel like their their sole campaign could be, we're going to get you my health care plan. <laughs> like, I don't know why nobody runs on that. It's just like people that, and we could all agree on this as well, I think, is people that are, when we, we talk about abortions across the, the nation and we're fighting Roe versus Wade. This state's fighting Roe versus Wade. That state state's fighting Roe versus Wade because the states have created laws that are uh, directly uh, impacting the the ruling from Roe versus Wade. Like they're challenging that, and then it goes to the Supreme Court. But we never see any states enact laws that directly challenge Citizens United. So why why don't we see that? Because obviously our government doesn't care because they're. They're benefiting from this, and they're benefiting from health care plans, but I don't see why they wouldn't, you know, campaign on, hey, if if you want, <laughs> what I'm going to fight for is some getting everybody my health care plan. I feel like that would be that would be a winning message, whether you're Democrat or Republican. <laughs> I don't know why that wouldn't be everybody's message every time they're, I mean, it, it's probably pretty hard to do, but if our Congress... Our senators, our state senators, our assembly people can be on a health care plan, and it's awesome. Then why can't everybody be on that same health care plan? Get it done. Figure it out. I feel like that's common sense. You know, when the CDC says hospital stays can cost a dollar sign, dollar sign, dollar sign. We don't even know how much, right? They can't even put a number there because you don't have any idea. Your insurance plan maybe covers it. My insurance plan... Eh, maybe covers it. Who knows? Our deductible. Do, do we have to pay the doc- deductible? But the COVID vaccine, free. So good job, CDC. Way to get the message out there. I'm probably going to forward this to Ron Kind and Brad Paff and Derek Van Orn. I'm just going to send them this and be like, hey, this is like you all want to win. You all want to win the next election. Maybe focus in on this a little bit. And that would probably be a winning message for you. Uh, anyway. So, all right. I, I think Brad, if you're if you're headed to to uh, Rotary Lights, maybe just check over the river because I think they're going to shoot some fireworks. They do this every day at six p.m. I guess. Check the story. Wisdomnews.com later tonight. Brad's over there right now. Brad Williams in the Wisdom Newsroom is at Pettibone, and maybe he gets to push the plunger. We'll find out. All right. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back tomorrow.